Hello, everybody. Hey, oh, all your souls out there. So many in the souls. neighborhood floating around the universe, peeking tickling in, tickling toes, and eating jelly beans. That's what you do when you're I a ghost. I would love to eat jelly beans <laughs> as a ghost. That's how I picture life. Uh, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. It's also brought to you by us ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. Hey, and I'm Sabrina, and uh, we are officially 327 days away from Halloween. <laughs> do you have a countdown? I do. Thing? Yep. Brilliant. I should well, do one myself. 327 from when this episode comes out. I made sure to calculate correctly. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, speaking of Halloween and spooky things, well, ghosts remind me of Halloween, <laughs> or Halloween reminds me of ghosts. So I'm going to. Real quick, we got some mail. <gasps> mail, mail, mail. Time. Blues, blues. <laughs> mail time. <laughs> okay. Do mm-hmm. you remember the girl that we met in the bathroom at the Outliers Podcast Festival, Kendall? <laughs> yes. We were being so weird and we didn't really realize that anyone who was coming to our show had arrived yet because it was like yep. a good chunk of time before we went on. We were like She's- singing and like <laughs> like breathing in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> you know, breathing. Things that weird people do. Things that humans but do. She sent us a letter and it had this really cute, uh, what are they called? Like the washi tape. But it was, the envelope was closed with ghost washi tape. And then the spookiest card, look oh. at this. Ooh, you should frame that. I know. It's, it's it almost re- reminds me of the, that story we've referenced, the woman with the green ribbon or red ribbon. Oh, around her neck. Green ribbon. Yeah. The green ribbon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she wrote us a really sweet note, and I'll read it to you later. But basically, okay. she was like, I'm not crafty, so I'll just send you compliments Aww, instead. That's so nice. Yes. And I'm going back to the mailbox tomorrow because we got something else that wouldn't fit, and I couldn't pick it up at the time. So uh, I'll have more tomorrow. But here's another thing we got. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Shannon and Benjamin sent us a wedding invitation to attend their wedding. Let's go. Where is and it? And I will tell you right now, it's in Texas. <gasps> Look at how cute this photo oh, is. My gosh. Oh my god. It's amazing. I'm going to go on their wedding website. Please do. <laughs> but this is the very first <laughs> wedding invitation I've ever received. Ever? In your ever. whole life? No way. In my whole life. Yes. Like me as my my parents' child, I've been invited with my right. family places, but addressed to myself This is the very first wedding invitation I've ever received. So this is going down in my books. You should save it forever. Make a scrapbook. And then... I'm going to. If we can't... I'm going to put it on my fridge. That's where you put these things, right? Yeah. That's what I do with mine. And if we can't be there in person, we will make sure to send our astral selves. I'll make sure to take a nap at the exact time of your wedding and astral project to it. It's at 3 p.m. Texas time. Okay. What day? Well, tell me later. We don't need to advertise their wedding to everyone. We'll be there. They didn't invite all of our <laughs> listeners, which would be fun if we all had like a meetup at their wedding. Oh, my God. That would be a nightmare for them, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What did we do? Wouldn't it be so cool, though, if we actually did Ashland Project there and it was like the first time ever with photographers and all these witnesses that people actually saw two living people appear in actual form somewhere else that would be very cool chances of it are probably very low 
but why not try? Why not try? And then when it gets to the part, do they still do this at weddings where they say, does anyone object? We both object? (laughs) No, no, no. We'll just each take a side of like the crowd Mm -hmm. and present ourselves in our astral form and just wave our fingers like, no, no, don't even think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Protect the wedding. Love it. I was thinking we show up to the reception afterwards and the two of us do a dance but just the astral selves and i dedicate a whole dance that. to the host of two girls one ghost because this <laughs> it's wedding all about us is, yeah it's now all about us this is what happens when you invite us to things it just becomes about us i like the idea that we don't even appear we just <laughs> are present and no one knows and it's like why are all these appetizers and hors d'oeuvres just floating through the air <laughs> Where did all the appetizers and hors d'oeuvres go? I swear we ordered pigs in a blanket. <laughs> They're all gone. That's, I'm going to have pigs in a blanket at my wedding. I love pigs in a blanket. Oh, so good. Nick and I always joke that because we always call him pasta for zoo, but we're like zucchini noodles, like in things that rhyme with zoo and like different <laughs> things that. What else rhymes with zoo? Um. Well, do two so anything with cuckoo kachoo yeah there we go yeah i was thinking i wasn't thinking rhymes with zoo i was thinking like what starts with zoo like oh, the zoo right, right. But you can substitute like, things yes have you thought about like a wedding hashtag are you guys gonna be a wedding hashtag we person people couple i love that we're talking about this as if i'm getting married anytime soon and like engaged well you might right. you never but know yes we have we have we already we already have a hashtag speaking of exciting uh holidays and things to celebrate today is actually saint patrick's day the day that this comes out march 17th is Uh, yes saint patrick's day i failed at whole 30 so i will be participating in the drinking you failed at it i'd be able oh yeah i did why um because i had wine and i had a lobster (laughs) cheese quesadilla that's why food is too good to not eat they were coming around on platters and it was like the whole book says, oh, so your coworkers are trying to peer pressure you? Like, grow up, be an adult. <laughs> and it was happening in my head. And I was like, oh, I can't stop it. I'm not mature enough. <laughs> and I eat They're it. calling my name. They're calling me. They possessed yes. you. You had no choice. That's okay. I'm happier now. Um, But for St. Patrick's Day, I did look up. So, like, they in 1888, the Irish Times actually published multiple spooky ghost stories on their front page on St. Patrick's Day. And then I could read one to you if you'd like. Oh my gosh, yes, please. <laughs> also, but before I do that, the when I was looking for ghost stories from St. Patrick's Day, I found a children's book called The Goopy Ghost at St. Patrick's Day. The Goopy Ghost. The Goopy Ghost. And he goes on an adventure with a leprechaun. Oh my gosh, magical. But that's not what I'm going to read to you. That would be fun, though. Okay. This is called Haunted House in Bride Street. And this is verbatim what was written in 1888 in the Irish Times. I don't have, I'm not good at doing an Irish accent. Otherwise, I would read this with an accent. Yeah, I can't offer my services either. No, no, no. It's okay. Just imagine me speaking (laughs) in a different accent. Mr. Mullen, sometime grocer in Bride Street, was left a widower with charge of several children, some of them being young girls, and very soon after their mother's death, Steps began to be heard upstairs and downstairs, and chiefly into the nursery. Great alarm and fright prevailed, and the maid and the children appealed to the master of the house, who pooh-poohed their fears. They suspected, however, 
from his own careworn looks that he also had received disagreeable visits. The poor children began to lose their natural cheer of youth and to be found with scared looks, especially towards the night. And little wonder, for steps were constantly heard pacing across the nursery, and sometimes they would be conscious from the low sound of breathing and sighing that someone (laughs) was standing beside their beds. (laughs) One night, when the maid was following Mr. Mullen upstairs from the cellar, she distinctly saw a small man with a red cap on, following close on her master's steps and holding him by the skirts of his coat. This was the only appearance, and it was the more remarkable, as all were of opinion that it was the spirit of the mother who was showing her anxiety for her daughters in this disagreeable way. At last, Anne O'Neill, the maid, was one evening sitting at the kitchen table, employed at drying and drawing out laces and frills with her Italian iron on the table before her, and the master sitting on the other side and smoking. She was sensible of the presence of her late mistress passing close by her in the direction of the fire and the words that whispered out, Ochon, 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 which means, I looked it up, which means sadness. Oh. Oh, master, she said, did you hear that? What, you fool, he said. Oh, my mistress's ghost passing by me and moaning. It's all imagination, said he, but he spoke in a vexed tone. A don't encourage the children in these nonsensical whims. That night, the eldest daughter, who commonly seemed in more terror than her sister's, was sleeping next to Anne O'Neill, and she was all at once wakened up, became conscious of some awful presence. Perspiration burst out all over her, and she tried to cry out, but was not able. In this state, she received three severe slaps on the shoulders and fell into a swoon. The father, hearing in the morning what had happened, made up his mind to abandon the house as soon as he could, and in a few weeks was settled in Dorset Street. The persecution or warning or whatever it was did not follow their family to the new residence. The end. I felt like I was back in my childhood home in my jammies with all like the little window tea lights on in Christmas listening <laughs> to tales. But it was a Halloween, not Halloween, Halloween's <laughs> on my mind. <laughs> it always is in our mind, isn't it? It was a St. Patty's Day tale. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not like traditional to to read ghost stories on St. Patrick's Day, but they did it in 1888. Why not, they can't did it. We? Yeah. And it was Who's a thing. telling us we can't. Tell no me one. Who. We're making it a thing now. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 <laughs> Great. <laughs> Let's argue some more at no one. We're so good at arguing with each other. Arguing the same side. Yep. That's why we work so well. Good. <laughs> Speaking of Texas and that wedding that we're going to, mm-hmm. um, my choice today is actually in Texas. We're doing haunted bridges. Oh yeah, and often women, white ladies, are rumored to have flung themselves selves off of bridges. Correct. That is the most common haunting among bridges. But maybe you've heard of the Goat Man. Or maybe you've heard of the Goat Man's Bridge, a.k.a. Old Alton Bridge in Texas. What has a history? Well, I gave it away, but basically (laughs) I was going to do a whole like fun Jeopardy opening. Damn it, I ruined it. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, you can still do it. We support you. (laughs) Okay, rewind. I'm just kidding. It's fine. 
leave it. What has a history of murder, demons, and goat man sightings? I don't know, Sabrina, tell me. <laughs> the old Alton Bridge in Denton, Texas, a.k.a. the Goatman's Bridge. And, like any bridge, it holds weight of things, of people, and also a story that's traversed many, many years. <laughs> I'm just enjoying how much you're enjoying reading the <laughs> opening you wrote. I am a writer, so... <laughs> hey. <laughs> I love that when I do research for this podcast, I feel like I end up just writing a, a monologue as if I'm talking to myself. Yeah, sometimes I do it too. And then I try not to actually read back what I wrote because I'm like, who am I, the narrator of this book? It's like, <laughs> that. that's how it sounds. It sounds like you're doing a voiceover to a movie. And yeah. then they all fell asleep and never died. to wake again. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Okay, well. So, this bridge is well known for frightening encounters, ghostly experiences, and supernatural creatures. It was built in 1884 to connect the cities of Denton and Copper Canyon. It's an old iron bridge, and it was used to travel horse carriages, then later automobiles, and it also was used for crossing cattle. So, this bridge used to sound like moo, but now it sounds like boo. <laughs> I had to. I'm such a dad. I know. I love it. <laughs> It's funny because Nick is so funny. Like, he's just a very, he, you know, he, he could do stand-up. He's hilarious. And then there's me who loves puns and dad jokes. And so <laughs> I'll make, like, really bad jokes <laughs> just laugh hysterically. He just cackles because he's like, you're such a dad. You're a child. <laughs> no, no one humor is better than the other. I think they're all hilarious. It's just whatever. Everyone's in the mood for something different. Correct. And again. No more dad jokes. I promise. I didn't write any more but I might be inspired later on. Uh, <laughs> so the bridge was in use until 2001. And then in 2001, people were like, oh, this bridge is super dangerous because cars have to honk to warn other cars on the other side of the bridge that they're crossing because it's so narrow. So they're like, maybe we build uh, a new bridge. Just because cars don't go over that bridge anymore, they actually use the bridge now to link these two trails elm fork and pilot knoll hiking and equestrian trails and so now people go to the bridge and it's kind of part of nature you go out there and you enjoy nature and with nature comes animals and creatures and one of those is the goat man so the hauntings can be related back to there are two murders that are presumed to have taken place there it's possible that only one of them happened or it's possible that both of them happened they kind of have similar roots i will tell you them now <laughs> i don't know why i said it like that <laughs> and here we go right now i will tell you get ready right go. now okay <laughs> <laughs> this time change thing is really messing with me uh yeah, as if we had smooth transitions before. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So the first murder t dates back to Before Bridge, a.k.a. BB, uh, in the 1860s. So the bridge was built in the 1880s. This happened in the 1860s, or is assumed to have taken place in the 1860s. And there was a group of Copper Canyon cowboys, and they called themselves the Texas Troubles. And they decided 
to lynch a Creole slave who was herding goats. He was like a goat herder. His name was Jack Kendall, and they hung his body from a tall tree that overlooks the area that the bridge was eventually built in. And according to legend, they dropped him over the bridge on a rope, and then they kind of ran down to see his body and make sure he had died. And all of a sudden, because they had done the lynching in a poor way, Jack's head and body were dismembered. So like it, it was severed off of his body. And then when his when Jack's body apparently hit the ground, he didn't die. And his headless body then rose up and there was a goat nearby and he according to legend, ripped the goat's head off of the body and then put it on top of his head. Um or on top of his neck where he had no head. So okay. this is why I say legend. But people believe that it's a story of voodoo and then that it birthed the legend of the goat man at the bridge. And I think that maybe after like people had seen the goat man, they created this story. But there is another murder that did take place at the old Alton Bridge that I think makes more sense as a origin story. So this story is post-bridge. So... A, B, after bridge. <laughs> and there was an African-American named Oscar Washburn, and he lived in Denton in the 1930s, and he owned a farmstead goat herd where he and his family curated quality meat, milk, cheeses, and hides, and he was a pretty successful entrepreneur, and he had this business, and especially for being an African-American man during that time in Texas, it was he was doing really well for himself. And he was really proud of this business, and he was like, wow, people really like my milk, my meat, and my my cheese. So I'm going to make sure to market myself a little bit more. And he happened to live right next to the bridge. And mm-hmm. so he made a sign and put it on the bridge that said, this way to the goat man. And so he gave himself the name the goat man and he thought it was clever and that people would know who he was and they'd follow the sign and he would get more okay, business. I, yeah, I guess if you preface it with like, oh, it's the the local farmer yeah. butcher man. It's the goat man. It's the goat man. Yeah. Then it doesn't sound so creepy. Not yet. So yeah, it was like a sweet origin. And then all of a sudden, uh, one thing that was very prominent in the 1930s in Denton, Texas, was the Ku Klux Klan. They had a very active chapter in Denton, Texas, and... There was a, I was reading this report where between 1910 and 1930s in Denton, the black community's population mysteriously diminished in very astonishing numbers, like mass numbers of people were going missing and dying between 1910 and 1930. Wow. And I immediately thought vampire, even though this whole story is about a goat man. (laughs) (laughs) But it must be vampires. But also the KKK was responsible for. Oh. Yeah. So they would kidnap men from prison and they would lynch them. Then they would also torment and harass anyone who was passing by them. Or they would just go to the African-American or black people's communities and just harass the hell out of them. And when they saw Oscar put up the sign on Old Dalton Bridge, they were like, no, 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 no. And, And they... I mean, horribly thought that they were better than 
the black community and thought that they deserved more and that that the fact that Oscar was having a successful business was wrong and so they one late evening in August of 1938 uh, drove across the bridge of Old Alton Bridge and parked their cars turning their headlights off and broke in to Oscar's home and dragged him to the bridge where they had prepared a noose and the whole time they were mocking Oscar calling him the goat man but like he coined that name so it's not making fun of him but they were just like trying to mock him Mm -hmm. and they forced Oscar Washburn into the noose and mercilessly threw him over the bridge and when they went down to the water's edge to see him dead they were surprised to see that the noose was empty and Oscar was nowhere to be seen they searched the waters there was nobody nothing no person Oscar wasn't swimming so Did he escape? Did he drown? Did he survive? No one knows. But the Klansmen at this time, because they had no body to prove that they had done this, were pissed. And they then returned to Oscar's home and set it on fire with his sleeping family still inside. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's horrible. Oh, God. That's not what I thought was going to happen. That's so bad. I know. All of it's bad, but it's just. Yeah. I mean, it's all horrible, and I'm sure there are tons and tons of stories from all over the world of things like this happening, you know, back in the mm-hmm. 1900s, early 1900s. Cause, Even still today in yeah. many places. Yeah. So these two accounts kind of make it difficult to figure out who spirit, which spirit haunts the bridge. There have been a white lady. There's been a white lady seen at the bridge. There's been the goat man. There's been, like, weird people standing at the edge of the forest staring at cars and... Is it Oscar? Is it Jack? Is it Oscar's wife? Is it a demon? Or is it all of the above? We don't really know. But some believe that Satanists performed dark rituals on the bridge and then opened a portal to another dimension. And I say Satanists in the way of people who don't understand what Satanism is and then Mm -hmm. uh, use the stereotype of like, oh, let's sacrifice people and do rituals and sacrifice animals and stuff. I understand that Satanism is actually a great religion that people follow and it doesn't have anything to do with sacrifices and ritual. Yes, that's something that we didn't know before starting this yeah. podcast, you know? We yeah. got educated along the way with yeah. our listeners reaching out to us and letting us know. So Correct. Never feel afraid of teaching us things yeah. that are new we to like, us. We like to be taught. Yes, um, how would we know everything in the world? No one does. So let's no. all share our knowledge. We're not an encyclopedia. We're not Google. Gosh, I wish I was. <laughs> Maybe one okay, day, Google. Maybe one day we'll have those microchips in our brain, and we can like ask Google inside of our brains, and then it transmits God, into. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be really nice. Except I was for... a little sassy with my Alexa today. I felt a little bad. <laughs> I was just kind of direct. I was. I had a bad day, so I came home and I was like, Alexa, play Santana. <laughs> but I said it in such a mean way, and Santana's like the most soothing music. So I was like, this isn't going well together. It's so funny how we get mad at our technology i too <laughs> like alexa doesn't listen to me half the time and so i'm like i have, I end up yelling at her and nick's like let me do it and he does it in one time I'm like come on <laughs> she's, alexa sexist? she's sick of your tood <laughs> she doesn't like me and so we don't really know what the ghost is or what the spirits are but people have had a variety of experiences and the legend goes that if you go to Goatman's bridge you and you knock three times on the iron of the bridge, you are then inviting the goatman to come forth and judge you. 
and the Goatman will appear and determine whether or not you are worthy of passing. And we don't know if people have been determined not worthy. There have been a number of abandoned cars found near Old Alton Bridge and their owners are just strangely missing. So maybe oh. the Goatman has decided you're not allowed to pass because it said that they he's judged. Right. And it says that he's been looking for revenge against the Klansmen and the Cowboys who wrongly took his life, depending on the story you want to believe in terms of origin. And so who knows that these missing people went missing because of the Goatman. But those who have seen the Goatman and lived to tell the tale report that waiting on the other side of the bridge is a man with a goat head under each arm. Others have seen a half man, half goat figure. And others have seen a man herding goats over the bridge. So it makes me wonder if there are multiple. Yeah, and that image is so different. One is one is just normal, you know, a guy herding goats over mm-hmm. the bridge. Another one, him standing with goats under each arm. It's like, oh, it's kind of gross. But I Which guess is kind of, kind of like a mythical creature. I think there's a, an actual mythical creature who holds two heads under his arms. Perhaps. I mean, I'm sure there is. But I think if you saw that, you'd be like, that's pretty nasty. But yeah actually having a goat head or wearing it this is so creepy i think is the worst yeah yeah i wonder if it's like a how bad how badly you're gonna be judged is the version that will appear to you like if you're a fine and dandy little seven-year-old who has done nothing but try to learn and do your best in the world then perhaps you'll just see the guy bringing goats across yeah that's interesting if you create a whole pharmaceutical company for a fake drug that doesn't work and (laughs) take millions of billions of dollars maybe you'll see the goat head i like that that's your example um yeah i don't know or i wonder if there are multiple goat men because of the stories or if he just can appear in different ways i don't know it's very hard to tell but Others have heard inhuman screams and growling coming from the woods and maniacal laughter. They've also seen fiery red eyes and a figure standing in the woods just watching them. And others have seen an ominous light illuminating from within the woods. And others have heard a voice that's growling and telling them to get off the bridge. (laughs) You bet I will if I hear that. I'll be sprinting. And... As women, apparently this entity has a lot of aggression towards women, so uh, we would be running very, very far away regardless because women who visit the bridge are more likely to get scratched, the like three-finger scratch, and one woman who was at the bridge with her paranormal investigation group actually got flooded with images of her murdering her fellow investigators. (gasps) Oh, God, that's dark. Yeah, super dark. And there are a bunch of paranormal investigation groups who are actually currently and consistently monitoring the bridge and re- and they just get tons and tons of activity. And there's this girl, her name is Becky Vickers and she's the head of the Lake City's Paranormal Investigations Group. And she has had so many experiences at the bridge that she's actually writing a book called The Bridge of Secrets. And she believes that there are so many spirits in the area who haunt the bridge because there's this old town that used to exist but there's like the only things that exist of it. It was called Old Alton. So the only things that exist of that town are like a cemetery and an old church now. And she says that the cemetery has like so many active spirits that have then traveled to the bridge because they're in close proximity of each other. And that the cemetery has the bodies of so many young residents and children who died at an early age. 
and she believes that those are some of the spirits who haunt Old Alton Bridge. While at the bridge, Becky has heard voices, she's seen orbs, and she's had people on her tours get scratched, and she's detected changes in energy, cold spots, and static electricity in different spots along the bridge, and she's also found makeshift altars, and she's spoken to the police who have said that they've had to break up a few too many groups of people attempting to perform rituals on the bridge, one of which includes a group of people who were wearing long robes and holding candles, so they took themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. and luckily the police are like on it and stop them and this is gonna break my heart because every time i say it it just like shatters me but no i know it you know what's coming yes so uh the buzzfeed unsolved actually went to this bridge and did an episode about it and they talked to a police officer who said that a lot of these groups were sacrificing cats oh and <laughs> It was so bad that look. Are you crying? No. Oh, because I because I, mean, I, I did wipe a tear, but it's because I yawned like two minutes earlier, and it was just sitting in my eye crease. But it was good timing. Good timing. Yeah, it was good timing because I was like, I'm about to cry, so I was shocked. I wonder why it's always cats. I think just because of stereotypes and stupid people. I don't know. It I mean, you me shouldn't sure. sacrifice anything, but what's the difference between a cat and? Just picking up, like, I don't know. I don't know, Corinne. A centipede? I don't know. An earthworm? I don't know. But it was so bad that local pet stores stopped allowing people to adopt cats because they were nervous that the adopters were going to go sacrifice them. God, that's so messed up. Yeah. so, so messed up. Like, it hurts me. You know when you, like, you know when something is so emotional, like, physically feel your heartache? Yes. That's how I feel right now. What does your shirt say? I hate mornings. Oh, <laughs> I just thought I hate and I was like, I got to know what that third word is. I hate people. That's what it says. <laughs> I hate everyone who sacrifices cats. I'm going to get that on a shirt. Okay, but so according to legend, if you also visit the bridge on Halloween and honk your car horn twice at midnight, the goat man will appear to you, his piercing red eyes staring back at you from across the bridge. And then there's also been reports of a white lady haunting the bridge and people relate her to La Llorona and think that she's a woman looking for a child. But other people think that maybe it's the wife of Oscar Washburn, who's currently walking and roaming around the bridge looking for her husband. Oh, which okay. I think makes the most sense because based on the history of that area, it makes sense to me. I just, you know, what doesn't make sense though, what doesn't match up with any of the stories to me is the aggression specifically towards women. Yeah. Well, then I was thinking because there's all these different reports of, of things that I was like, well, maybe there are spirits of the members of the Ku Klux Klan who had done these horrible things who are forced to haunt the bridge or maybe they just are haunting the bridge because like the one story where oscar's body wasn't found they like on a revenge mission went to go kill his family so maybe right there's still that horrible desire of revenge against people so then our pals ghost adventures went to old alton bridge and visited where have they not gone are they gonna run out of spots soon i don't know they'll never run out of spots <laughs> i don't think they will and i also think They'll find places that might not even be haunted and find out a way to make it haunted. Yeah. Or like they're done with landmarks. They're just going to start going into people's apartments. <laughs> it's like a college dorm. Like, yeah, I think it's haunted. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like fun. Can we start that show? Spending the night 
in Wayland on LMU's campus. That'd actually be really fun to just spend nights at different college dorms. Oh my god, it would. Only for like the next two years, and then I feel like I'll be way too old to do that. And also, the beds aren't the, the most comfortable. As a our like request in our contract, it's like, must sleep on Tempur-Pedic mattress. <laughs> must have <laughs> a five-inch thick mattress topper. <laughs> Um, for my extra long twin bed yes i'm sure <laughs> this is what we're gonna do this is real this is how we're gonna spend our careers <laughs> the rest of our lives we sleep in college dorm rooms no thank you okay so in the ghost adventures episode which aired on june 10th of 2018 the group performed a ritual which was called simon's necronominate i'm sorry i can't say it i think it's like an actual ritual from sumerian mythology but anyways, it's a ritual to summon different entities, specifically in this case, the goat man slash demon that haunts the bridge. And they caught an image of glowing eyes, and then they asked the spirit who it was and what their name was, and they got the name Steve multiple times. Don't know who Steve is. But it's got to be, I mean, he's got to be there, you know? Because Steve comes up that many times, Steve is there. Steve is there. I wonder if Steve is just a ghost that could... Like, just a random ghost who really loved Ghost Adventures when he was a human. And so now he just joins the Ghost Adventures crew and goes to every single spot that they go to. It's Steve. It's Steve. It's Steve again. Don't you guys remember? <laughs> Why are there so many Steves? It's just me. <laughs> uh, one of the guests of the show, her name was Ashley, got hit in the head and, like, just out of the blue was hit on the head. And apparently a lot of people who go to the bridge actually get hit by the goat man he's said to throw rocks at people but again it's targeted at a woman which is so interesting oh but but then aaron apparently got thrown like a long distance while off camera so you know you don't really see it happen but like the camera turns back and aaron's like a few meters away and then the scariest part is at the end of the episode zach starts like he gets overwhelmed by something and overcome and all of a sudden he begins choking himself and he said he feels like he starts crying and he's like there's a noose around my neck he felt like there's a noose around his neck which is terrifying but he was doing it himself with his hands oh wow and then buzzfeed is unsolved ryan and shane went to the bridge in search of the goat man and apparently shane has it written in, in his contract that they can only do one demonic investigation per year and then this was their demonic investigation of the year and so they get there and they try knocking on the bridge three times which was the thing that you're supposed to do to bring the goat man out didn't work they tried insulting him oh don't take it to the extreme if it doesn't work turn around go home yeah and they tried using a ouija board to contact the goat man i think they got like a few things but it wasn't anything really notable and they didn't have a face-to-face encounter with the goat man, but they said they felt odd and it was definitely creepy and weird. But there's one story I read that was truly horrifying. This girl named Lauren, who was a resident of Denton, had heard the legend her whole life. And she was like, everyone says, beware the goat man. Don't go to Old Alton Bridge late at night, et cetera, et cetera. Like it was just ingrained in her from an early age yes. that the goat man existed. So she's like, I don't know. I, I want to prove it for myself. Like I'm going to go to the bridge. And if anything, I'll prove myself right. It's a legend. It doesn't exist. It's fake. But I'll bring my camera. And if it is real, then great. And I'll believe it for myself. She went alone. She went alone, Corinne. What the? No, I would never. I would. If you were like, let's go, I'd be like, I really have to think hard about this. Yeah. And that would be with you. Yeah. Who always goes first. 
I would know that I wouldn't have to be first in line <laughs> if you went with me. Well, she goes alone. Late at night, she parks her car and she walks the remaining distance to the bridge and she has her camera in hand and she starts approaching the bridge and she gets closer and closer and the closer she gets, she starts to feel really uneasy. She said it was as if she was stepping inside of a horror movie. That's how she felt. And then she stands there and she's doing these like circles just to kind of scan their perimeter and make sure she's safe and can see all different angles. Make sure no one sneaks up on her. And minutes pass, then an hour passes, and then another hour passes, which is like, I would be gone after a few minutes. Yeah, eight minutes maximum. Yeah, but hours. And she finally is like, okay, I'm going to go home after a few hours. She's like, I'm done. This this was just a legend. I was right. And there's no goat man. There's no ghosts that are at this bridge. So as she starts to leave, she feels a presence behind her. And she turns around and finds, to her horror, a woman dressed in all white. And she immediately is like, this is not a real person. This is a ghost. She's semi-translucent. And then as she's like processing all of this, she finally realizes that she's not actually scared of this entity. But the woman is looking over Lauren's shoulder, horrified. Oh, God. No, don't turn around. And Lauren turns around. No! And now behind her is standing an extremely tall, some people say he's 20 feet tall, it was a half man, half creature, walking towards her. It was the goat man, and it was real, and it was walking towards her, but it wasn't looking at her. And thankfully, it walks right past her and towards the woman in white, who appears to be terrified. And Lauren watches for a moment where the goat man is like kind of smiling in this really creepy smile, and almost tormenting this woman in white which is so strange to me because if it is the wife of oscar then it doesn't make sense that the goatman is oscar at all right right yeah that's not the right dynamic right you would think they'd be happy to be reunited so lauren is like oh my gosh this goatman is taking something out on this woman like he likes taunting this woman maybe it's one of those people who went missing at the bridge and this white lady is now stuck here because the goat man judged her and said no you can't pass i'm gonna kill you i don't know but lauren is like oh my god thank god he's not looking at me i'm taking this opportunity to get out of here and she did and she was like well the goat man's real and so she's like told everyone her story and is like yep it's real don't go out there it's scary um another person reportedly was with a friend they it was like two guys and they were at the bridge and he hears this growling and immediately starts sprinting away and then he realizes his friend is not following him so he turns back to look and he sees his friend being dragged by an unseen force and then thrown over the side of the bridge you're kidding and into the water oh and that spirit makes me think of like the kkk because wait do we not know what happened to the guy in the water i mean he got he he got out he lived okay (laughs) cliffhanger sorry um but that that haunting makes me think of like a ghost who was a part of the KKK because that's what they did that night. They threw Oscar over the bridge. Yeah. Or is it Oscar getting revenge? Like, I don't know. I don't know either. Is it just straight up a demon who came to the area because so many negative things happened and was like, oh, yeah, I dig what the KKK's doing. I'm going to keep on yeah. doing it even if they don't. I wonder if there are any demons that have that half creature look. I don't know off the top of my head, but if anyone knows, because you know how like they 
I'm sure. Yeah, they always have like a much scarier form they show themselves as when they're in hell. But then when they come to this world, they present themselves differently. But maybe this one is presenting itself as it is. It reminds me of the devil in Sabrina. Oh, yeah. The chilling adventures of Sabrina. Or do you remember it was the coven season of American Horror Mm -hmm. Story when the guy who was tortured? Yeah. Yeah. In the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that season. That that episode, that scene gave me nightmares. <laughs> I would love to live in that house of a coven. I would love to be in a coven. Let's start one. We are in a coven. That's true. But we don't live together kind of. and do magic together. Unless you call this podcast magic. Are we magical? No. no. Someone say yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> you are. We are. No, we're not. I mean, We maybe. are. Maybe. Other things that happen at Old Alton Bridge is travelers claim spooky happenings of car doors locking and unlocking. There's mysterious laughter and hoofbeats. And some people have had like unsmelt, unexplainable, horrible smells on the bridge. And in one instance, a research group filmed an, filmed an eerily cold orange mist on a night that was otherwise warm. And this mist apparently moved across the bridge against the flow of wind. And no one ever knew. Like there's no explanation for it. But that's the Old Alton Bridge. And if you want to know if there's a goat man, you'll have to go by yourself or not by yourself. Go with people and see it for yourself (laughs) like Lauren did. It doesn't matter if you're alone or with someone else because whether you're there by yourself sandwiched between a white lady and a demon creature or you're there with your friend and watch your friend get dragged to hell. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Good luck. Have fun. Actually, I was sad because this episode comes out on March 17th and I found a an event that is on March 15th and the tickets were only $20 and it was like a ghost hunt on Old Alton Bridge. But I'm sure they'll have others. And if only we had the funds to just go to every place that we actually research. That would be amazing. Would it? Would it? We'd have to go together though. So we'd like each week have to pick two places somewhat close to each other to do that. Yeah. It would be. I would get scared a lot. Yeah, but it would be so interesting. I would live about 30 years less than my (laughs) estimated lifespan right now because of purely anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be scary. There would be some that we couldn't do. Like, we couldn't go research Waverly Hills Sanatorium. No way. All right, what did you pick? Okay, so I didn't go to Ireland, but I did go to Scotland. Ooh, okay. It's close enough. Right? I mean, how do they feel about each other? I don't know. I don't think they're interchangeable, but they are close to each other. They're close. When I went to Scotland, I also went to Ireland because I combined them as a big trip. Nobody get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I uh, this is sad. I chose the mystery of Overton Bridge. Ooh. This bridge is in Scotland. It's about 16 miles north of Glasgow. And back in the day, way back when, Lord Overton, he inherited this house and a bunch of land, which is now known as the Overton House. But he realized that it wasn't easy for anyone to get to him. The carriages couldn't get to his house easily. And he was like, hey, I want friends. I want deliveries. I want my Amazon Prime package. Let's build a bridge. And so that's what happened. He hired the civil engineer and architect named H.E. Milner, who built this. It's super beautiful. It's a super beautiful bridge. It's all stone. It's very, it's what you picture like fairies living in Scotland to be around. 
That's fun. And so, yes. And so this bridge was built in or completed in June of 1895. So it's a little bit old. Mm-hmm. The bridge is 50 feet high and the landscape below is covered with rocks and there's some waterfalls, trickling water, etc. What? Just kind of magical if you picture that it. That sounds so magical. Yes. And it may sound familiar to you. I don't know if you would recognize it by the name Overton Bridge, mm. but you might recognize it by the Dog Suicide Bridge. What? Have you not heard of this? No. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, this, what? It's horrible. It's horrible. This is a bridge that has been the site of numerous, numerous dogs leaping to their death Corinne, off of the bridge. I'm shocked that you picked this. I know it was really tough, but I have to do the puppies oh, justice. Poor babies. I have to tell people, don't walk your dogs. Oh. No. Yeah, it's the worst topic ever. Okay. So anyway. I might cry, just a warning. I know. It's really, really sad. Well, I omitted the actual injury. Like, okay. some people had told stories about what actually happened I to their dog. And I don't want to. Took that right on okay. out. Thank you. Yes. So it's horribly sad. And I guess we just have to go on because this is what I chose. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. Starting in the 1950s. So this is 55 math plus years after the bridge was built. Okay. Dogs just started leaping off the bridge to their deaths. I know this is what it's about, but every time you say it, I just react. (laughs) Ah. Well, listen to the numbers. To date, there have been over 600 dogs who have leapt. What? And survived the fall. Okay. And another 50-some dogs who have leapt and not survived the fall. 600. So that's... That's like 650 dogs over the past. That's like, okay, well, I I didn't do this math, but I saw someone online did this math. But that's essentially one dog a month leaping off of this bridge. I And luckily, the majority of them survive, but they don't always learn their lesson because there have been a few instances where people will, I don't know why they go back with their dog and don't have them on a leash, at least if they did that the first time, but people will go back to the same spot with their dogs and the dogs will jump a second time. Uh, why would you go back? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's, that would, that, yeah, it's scarring. It's scarring. But who knows people's reasons, but people do go back and people walk their dogs there all the dime, despite the numbers. I have so many questions, but I'm sure you'll attempt to answer them, so I won't ask. Well, I will tell you there's no real resolution, but great. we will tread on. <laughs> I should have read my spooky St. Patrick's Day ghost story at the end of this episode to make people less sad. I know. This is such a downer. I got mixed up with who goes first, and I really thought I was going first. <laughs> I was about to say, well, this isn't Ireland, but this is Scotland, my same opener in the very beginning. And then oh. you started talking and I was like, oh, no, I'm st- I'm ending with dog death. <laughs> oh, OK. So what is going on with this bridge? All of these dogs are jumping off. They're leaping to their death and it just doesn't make any sense. So what is the cause? They don't really know. And the only link they can find is that the dogs who have jumped all have long snouts And they're all known for their exceptional sense of smell. Many of them are hunting dogs. And almost always, it's been a nice sunny day when the dogs leap. So people are like, okay, maybe it has something to do with scent. 
and Dr. David Sands, who is a canine psychologist, he thinks or speculates that perhaps it does have something to do with the smells in the surrounding area mm. and something to do with the smells in this one spot that maybe masks the signal to the dog that there's a drop below or don't continue this way. I don't really know how it works. I don't know if dogs get like that information, but what if it messes with their like brain processing like it like that the chemical or like the scent just I don't know I mean I want there to be a reason so that we can solve it but I know I know well I mean a lot of specialists have gone like this so Dr. David Sands he went with I think he did a documentary so he went with a film crew and other experts have been in the area there's I know the Scottish Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals they went and a bunch of other people so it's like people are trying to figure out what exactly is going on but they just don't know right and when Dr. Sands went he was like okay I gotta figure out what's going on all of these dogs are acting bizarre and out of the norm for normal canine behavior so he went to the actual site to figure out what was going on and he realized that the majority of the dogs it's not it's not about a sight thing because it's not like they're having some sort of miscalculation or uh, like mirage in front of them because uh. there is stone railing so they can't actually see over the edge so it's not that so he was like it might be the scent but he did say that during his research with the documentary crew, when they got to the bridge, immediately something kind of changes in the energy. And he said that he felt so weird. Yes. And this is a guy who is like a man of science and is still trying to say like, oh, well, no, there must be a real logical explanation, something I can touch and, you know, put in papers. But the same guy is also saying, yeah, it felt really strange that the energy shifted he said it feels like all of your senses are on fire hmm. he also said he has no desire to ever go back to that location so something weird is happening there did the guy who created the bridge and had that castle did he not like dogs no i don't think that's the case and i i, I honestly think it's still in the family i think it's been passed down over generations hmm. And I mean, the dog, so the bridge was built and the man inherited the house 50 plus, almost 60 years before any of this stuff started happening. Mm. So the bridge was around for a while before. So they don't know exactly what causes the dogs to jump, but they did rule out the site and they also ruled out the sound because some people were like, well, there is a nearby nuclear base that is used for submarines. Mm. So maybe perhaps there's some sort of weird high frequency that really irks the dogs and it makes them go a little bit crazy, makes them leap over the side. And we can't hear that frequency because dogs have crazy better hearing. All animals do. Well, have you done that? We're dumb. Have you done that thing where it tests your hearing and it's like, if you're this age to this age, you can hear this higher frequency, but as you get older, you can't hear it? Yeah. My brother and I did it with my parents. We were cracking up. It was so fun. Yep. Yeah. So they were like, oh, that's a good theory. Perhaps that is what's happening. So they brought in experts to test the area and they tested that surrounding area and the entire length of the bridge and they found no abnormal frequencies. This is crazy. Yes. And... Okay, here's something that might make a little more sense. So the dog started jumping in ni- in the 1950s. Also in the 1950s, the animal mink 
mink was introduced to that area. Mm. And the scent of mink urine is quite strong, quite pungent. And so they think that these dogs, especially these hunting dogs, might go a little crazy for the scent, especially because it's believed that there's a bunch of mink that live at the bottom of the bridge, like a higher concentration. Although there are mixed reviews. People are like, oh my god, yeah, there's a ton of mink in the area. And then there are also some local hunters that are like, I've never seen a mink. So, huh. And also, knows? I feel like even that smell wouldn't cause a dog to leap off of a bridge. Like, they still have perception and of depth and... Like, my dog was is scared to go down the stairs. You would think, yeah, if they were going crazy for the mink scent, they would run to the edge of the bridge and try to go down the slope, not just, yeah. fl- like, jump and fling, like, fly. Right. It's not the normal behavior. No. I know. <laughs> you do know. That's, um, that's definitely. I think I know. You don't need to be a professional to know that. No, you don't. So, this behavior seems a bit extreme. And what's even more eerie is that it's not just that these dogs are jumping from the bridge. It's that they're jumping from the same exact spot no, uh, on the bridge. Yes. No. The same exact spot. It's on the right side. <sighs> it's in between these two pillars. And they all just stop there, freeze, and then just whoo, leap off. I. There are some things that just cause a total block in my brain and i just it it i can't wrap my mind around it and it's this is one of those things this is one of those things because it's so bizarre and it's it's just it's oh god it's actually it reminds me a little bit of the bridge end documentary that i talked about oh yeah i still haven't watched it oh man it's just like what is going on in that town that all these people are experiencing this So this is what this kind of reminds me of. It's like this one spot where all the dogs, no matter what the personality, it just seems like they can fall victim. Although they do, a lot of them have the longer snouts, which makes them think it's something scent oriented. Right. And And it's different than like a place that draws humans to do something because I think there is... Well... Oh, no. Well... Maybe. But mostly dogs. Oh. But I, but I, what I mean is that like dogs don't understand things the way we do. We don't, they don't like follow each other. It's not like peer pressure or like, oh, this person's doing this thing. It's like not like Mean Girls where Regina George once wore army pants and flip flops. So I went and bought army pants and flip flops, you know? They're actively choosing by themselves to leave. Yeah, they're not on so, Google finding out about right. dog suicide bridge and like want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, some of the dogs, like I said before, jump twice. That's so it's like so something's wild. going on. No dog would do no. that. Like they, they're smart enough to know they can find their way home half the time. Like they know where they're at and they're smarter yeah. creatures. So it's not like they're going to go back to the exact same spot with the exact same sense and sounds and sights and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to jump again. No. No. That's Wow. So there's something else. There's something a lot of people are saying there's got to be something paranormal. And a man named Paul Owens, he has lived in that area for four decades. And more specifically, he's lived like right next to the bridge for over a decade. And he said that there's something more than just minks pee going on and perceptual issues, what have you. And he actually wrote a book about it. It's called The Baron of Rainbow Bridge, Overton's Death Leaping Dog Mystery Unraveled. Well, that's a really long title, but it's also... It's 
it explains it's yeah you know what you're getting into which is what you need if you're gonna learn about dog death yeah but apparently paul believes that there are a bunch of paranormal beings in the area he Mm. said that he thinks that there are spirits earth spirits just your normal run-of-the-mill ghosts other beings fairies etc just like a ton of stuff yeah and he thinks that the dogs are either picking up on this or potentially being targeted by these energies which would make sense if it's like that one specific spot right and maybe the ghosts want ghost dogs to be with them maybe that's that would be a nicer version yeah in 2015 a nurse named alice she oh so horrible why did i write these (laughs) she watched her dog cassie who was a springer spaniel jump over the wall and over the bridge and it was the exact same spot Mm -hmm. as all the other dogs the thing is alice said that there was no way that her dog cassie knew what she was doing that she was acting extremely out of character on the bridge and alice believes that there's something really dark something super evil forcing the dogs to do this wow and donna cooper is another woman who would agree her dog ben who was a collie also leapt from the bridge he survived initially but his injuries were too extreme so he had to be euthanized but these are just two people out of like 600 plus who have seen their their family members their dogs leap over it's horrifying that's so so sad uh there was a woman i didn't write down her name but she was interviewed she's about she was 20 years old when she was interviewed and she said that she was crossing the bridge and she didn't know anything about this bridge at the time she was just like in the area it's a beautiful castle to go see or like mansion to go see there should be a warning sign before the bridge no dogs off leash but no one listens to that right but like if it said why people would listen to it yeah but if your dogs are already off leash they're always running in front of you what if it's too late yeah what if you don't know just have your dog on leash so this woman she was walking across the bridge had no idea that this bridge was anything at all special but when she was on the bridge she said the air felt thinner and that her stomach jumped like as as if it's the feeling like y- you know when something happens and your stomach just kind of turns like if you yeah yeah slip on ice or like you miss a stair or the roller coaster you feel like feeling. you're about to yeah yeah like you're you almost lose the backing when Ugh. you lean back Ooh, on your I hate chair that. yeah 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 that feeling but other than that she said she was fine and then the second time she walks back towards the bridge she's suddenly overwhelmed with a feeling like something awful is about to happen and she gets to the bridge and she notices a woman with a dog and the dog's just standing there at the very edge, not moving at all, like almost like in a trance. Uh. And luckily nothing happened to that dog. But she later found out that that same weekend that she was there visiting and going across that bridge, that two dogs had jumped over. Oh. And the dog deaths are not the only awful event that has occurred at Overton Bridge. Back in October of 1994, there was a man named Kevin May. He was 32. He went to the bridge with his wife and his two-week-old son. Oh, no. He was mentally ill, and he believed that his newborn son was the incarnation of the devil. (sighs) 
And so when they got to the bridge, he threw his child over the side of the bridge. And then he attempted to throw himself off of the bridge as well. But his wife was able to pull him back and restrain him. And he was taken to the hospital where he eventually completed suicide in a different manner. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But here's a strange... I mean, it's strange enough that any of this is happening. Yeah. But what's odd about the thing with Kevin is that it was a clear, sunny day. And Kevin threw his own child and then attempted to throw himself over off of the bridge in the same spot on the right side between the two pillars that all of the dogs jump from. I mean, there has to be something. Something is going on. Something is taking over these dogs and people, right? What? You've seen Bird Box, right? The numbers are staggering. Ooh, Sabrina, that's so scary. But like people look at this thing that's invisible, like, you can't really see it and then yeah. it just causes you to go just to lose it you, makes you leap <sighs> and it's also believed to be haunted they think that lady overton haunts the bridge in that area and i want lady overton to protect the puppies don't you well she she had a a sad end of her life her husband died and she lived another like 20 some years without him and so she spent those two to three decades just grieving his loss mm. into pastime she would often walk back and forth on the bridge just oh, thinking woman. about her late husband and it's believed that she's still actually there on the grounds and paul owens the author of the book and the man who has had numerous experiences and has lived in the area for 40 right. some years he said that he was walking outside one time when he felt it was like a finger like jab him like poke him in the back twice and he thinks that that was lady overton Wow. And he also said that when he walks over the bridge, he often feels the fear of someone pushing him over the side. Like, feels like someone's about to come up and throw him over. Mm. That's so wild. Yes. It's very crazy. But there's been a, a bunch of psychologists and behavioralists and specialists and paranormal investigative groups. Everybody's going. All of these different scientists and investigators and researchers like from all different areas and genres but no one knows what is going on wow so if you dare go to the site please leave your pets at home please if you have to bring your pet put them on a leash or put them in your bag and put them in your bag strap them in a baby carrier (laughs) zip up here's the thing put them in a stroller but zip the stroller up yeah. so they can't come out. It's zippered. And then everyone's like, ooh, you have a baby. Can I see? You're like, no. <laughs> no, you can't see my baby. <laughs> but then when they do see that it's a dog, they get excited and they're like, even cuter. <laughs> um, and then if you do go to the bridge and you get too worked up while you're there, you can just actually head over to the Overton house, mm. which is not as scary as the bridge. And... They have a tea room and you oh. can actually sit down and have tea and be served. And it's, I guess, uh, one of the better respected tea rooms, like the the room that it's in in the Overton house or really, I should say Overton mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's decorated in such a way that they're like, yes, this is the golden tea room. Like, this is it. This is what tea rooms are supposed Ooh. to be. So you can be a little bougie after crying your heart out on the bridge. Yeah. Uh, you know... As sad as this is, I am very glad you did it 
because I think it's important to talk about and for people to know and be aware of. And I'm sad that they don't have a sign and they don't have any precautions for dogs or humans. Any yeah, of them. and it's it's one thing if it's just like, oh, it's the local folklore, you know, like the dogs leap. Right. It would be one thing if it was two or three dogs over the past 70 years, but it's been 650. Yeah, it's a lot. I think that the numbers lot. are proof, right? It doesn't matter what's going on or why. All you need to know is to just not bring your dog there. That's so, yeah. Yeah, just avoid it. Why, Like, why bother? There are so many other beautiful hiking trails you could take your dogs along. We'll give you a list. If you're like, no, it's the only one I know about, we'll do some research for you. I can promise you it's not the only place in Scotland you can go on a walk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... On our Patreon, we're now asking or we're like letting people know ahead of time what uh, we're doing for our topic. And we got a really good story from one of our Patreon donors. Okay, so this is from Ree and she says, Linda Dyer and the legend of Lick Road Bridge. Hey, ladies. Legend has it that in 1976, a 15-year-old Linda Dyer was hitchhiking when two men in a 1975 Volkswagen pulled up and offered her a ride. They then drove her down Lick Road onto the bridge, which is now blocked off, and then stabbed and strangled her to death. Reportedly, if you go onto Lick Road at night, park facing the path, and flash your lights, a woman or an orb will appear. It's your classic scary road adventure, much like Crybaby Tunnel or Dead Man's Curve. Since we always went during the day, we decided we should go at night one time and give it a try. Me and my two friends headed down to Lick Road. B and I were in my car and T was in his following us. As we pulled up and began down the road, everything felt different. It wasn't the same at night and not just in your expected spooky way. I can't see it so scary kind of way. I began to feel burning in my chest and as we arrived at the end of the road, I felt the burning start into my throat and into my nose. I felt like I was choking. I coughed a couple of times, my eyes watering furiously, but I shrugged it off when we all got out of the car and T and B asked if I was okay. We looked around for a moment before we headed back into the trees towards the bridge with just the lights from our phones. T laughed and mocked the spirit that supposedly resided there, though I warned him that was probably not the best idea. Yeah. He was just about to shoot something back when we all stopped dead in our tracks. There was a deer about five feet ahead of us laying at the other end of the bridge. Mind you, B and I were just here the day before, and it was not there then. The thing about this deer was that it had been slashed open down the side and was rotting. T made a face of disgust, not knowing. But as B and I turned to look at each other, we heard a crackle in the woods ahead of us. And then a light appeared beyond the trees, maybe 15 feet away. We all booked it back to the cars and got the hell out of there. And on the way home, I got a nosebleed, and T's car broke down for seemingly no reason. We haven't been back since, and I don't plan on visiting again anytime soon. Thanks for reading and keep up the great work. You oh girls gosh. are awesome. Okay, well, my initial thought when it's the, the deer on the side of the road in the light and it's split down the center, that you do split a deer down the center like that to gut it. So hunters who are, you know, taking the organs out right. before taking the deer to go butcher it will do that. But it's different if it's a rotting deer. That's... That's very different. Yeah. And why leave it there if you are hunting? Yeah. 
Yeah, because I was like, oh, well, what if they just dragged it to the road to put it in their car? But then they would have seen the car. But there was nothing. Right. No. And then the feelings that she was feeling and like feeling like she was choking. And I mean, those are not normal feelings that you feel. And all the stuff that happened on their drive back. That's just, it's like something I was watching them. Something was kind of after them or at least trying to scare them enough to be like, hey, don't Mm -hmm. come back here. Yeah, anytime a car breaks down after you go to a haunted location, that just terrifies me. That's my nightmare. It really is so horrifying because you're that you're so exposed. There's no there's no escape. There goes your escape. You're stuck. I'm yeah, I'm nope. horrified just thinking about it. Don't want it. that. Well, I have another so ghostly car bridge story. This is from Kristen. It's called Does anyone know the return policy on a ghost? <laughs> If only must return within 14 days, must provide original receipt. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do ghosts give receipts when they come to haunt you? Hello, Corinne and Sabrina. First, love your podcast and have listened since day one. (laughs) So crazy. Again, that just blows my mind. Which is so funny because, I mean, I think my favorite murder was pretty on the map by episode nine, but I listened to them since episode nine. Like episode nine came out and that's how I discovered them. But they probably had like 10,000 listeners plus by then and we had 10. So thanks for being one of our 10. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, Your episodes have become a weekly topic amongst my coworkers and now my family. So thanks for appreciating the paranormal as much as I do. I love that. My story is quite long, seeing as it took place over a couple months' time, but I will try my best to sum it all up. I went to college in Indiana, and I was in a sorority, and me and my sorority sisters had heard of a bridge in the nearby town that was supposedly very haunted. You can look up stories about it online, and I believe another phantom posted about it in the Facebook group. The Edna Collins Bridge. There are a couple of varied stories about how this bridge came to be haunted, but the one I was told was that little Edna Collins used to take that bridge to school every day. One day, the water was too high and Edna drowned trying to cross. Oh, no. The legend is, again, as I was told, that you go to the bridge and you are to put your car in park and blink your lights three times. I feel like there's a there's a pattern in terms of like... Threes? My bridge was knock three times... The other ones are flash your lights three times or honk your horn three times. Something with three. Yeah. You say Bloody Mary three times. Next, you are to open the passenger side door to let Edna in. You then drive your car over the bridge and open the door again to let her out, basically offering her safe passage. Oh, I like that. If you fail to do so, though, it's a bad omen. So, of course, me and some of my sorority sisters decided to test out this theory. We piled in the car and we drove out to the bridge. Now, this is in the middle of the country. No lights, no people, and absolute silence in the air. But also beautiful stars. Beautiful flowers, beautiful cricket noises. Mm-hmm. Things you don't get in a big city. No. We drive up, park, flash the lights, open the door, and wait. Not sure if it was our imaginations or the weather, but the car seemed to get colder almost immediately. And we called out to Edna saying, come on, Edna, let us take you across this bridge. And we waited another couple of minutes and then we closed the door. All I know is I looked in the passenger side mirror upon closing the door and distinctly remember seeing a small childlike black shadow hunched behind the (gasps) right side of the car. 
No. Chills, 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 chills. I don't like that at all. I wasn't the only one to see it, so I know it wasn't my eyes playing tricks. We quickly we quickly proceeded across the bridge, parked, and opened the door once more to let her out, again exclaiming, Okay, Edna, you can go now. And we waited a few minutes and then left, my gosh, slightly flustered from fear. We talked the whole way back to campus about how creepy the whole thing was, but nothing prepared us for what was to come. I lived in a quad suite, like so four bedrooms, one bathroom, and a living area. A couple of girls had gotten a Ouija board and had used it off and on. I know, da da da, mm. stupid. When they used it after our trip to the bridge, things got weird. The board would spell out that we were communicating with Edna, describing her death in the water and that she drowned and was scared. Then the board told us that she had come home with us because we were like sisters to her. Oh. Now, as most people oh would, gosh. I brushed off these sessions thinking someone was just moving the planchette around. But then things started happening. The shower would turn on and off, the toilets would flush, and no one would be in the bathroom. We would go to bed with our doors closed and wake up with all of them open, sometimes with articles of clothes with articles of clothing hanging on the handles. Things always were moved and mm. misplaced, and any guys we ever had over always felt uncomfortable or uneasy. Me and another girl heard what sounded like muffled voices coming from the turned-off speakers. And the scariest was two of my roommates coming home to see what they thought was someone sleeping under a blanket, body shape and all, and then going over to see who it was, and the blanket instantly moving up and falling down as no. if someone disappeared. Oh, my God. It's like that ghost meme where it's like the guy sitting on the couch and he thinks it's his friend coming over and then the ghost sheet falls. <laughs> so Don't like it. Don't like it. It started getting a little ridiculous to the point where everyone in our sorority knew what was going on. And we talked about our Edna encounters all the time. So we decided to reach out to some local paranormal investigators. For sake of time, I'll sum up what happened next. The investigators came and told us bef- told us before they went to investigate, they wanted to do a little walkthrough. I think to see if we were legit or if we were just stupid college kids pulling their leg. Mm-hmm. They told us they would inspect the area and if they felt it was necessary, they would grab the rest of their gear. So me and all of my roommates piled into the next suite across the stairwell, across the stairway and patiently waited while they did their sweep of the area. And rather quickly, we heard the door open and the investigators start shuffling down the stairs. We walk out thinking, oh, they probably think that we're nuts and they're leaving. And so we ask them what's going on. The (laughs) sheer panic and excitement on their face was evident. And they told us, oh, no, there's something definitely here. Oh, we're getting the rest of our stuff. (laughs) I, that is so funny. That's like super like stereotypical paranormal investigation. Yes. Like, running so fast that their socks are sliding on the ground. Like, go, go, grab the stuff! We had a lit candle that was sitting on the top of our mini fridge in the hallway. They told us that as they were walking through, the candle in plain, sli- in plain sight flew off of the fridge oh. and slammed against the wall, shattering on the floor. We were in shock, but also felt satisfied in knowing our experiences were being validated by legitimate paranormal investigators. They did EVPs, set up motion-activated cameras, the whole nine yards, but nothing more happened that we know of while they were there. 
and we honestly never got to see the final evidence. The group left, and in the coming weeks, activities still happened, but the mood in the room seemed different, almost melancholy. We decided to use the Ouija board to connect, thinking we were going to gain some insight, and as always, Edna came through. But this time, she had a request. She asked us to take her back to the bridge. We decided we should honor her wishes, so that weekend, we all drove back and did the same routine, just in case, said our goodbyes, and we left, and we never had another experience again. Oh, Chills, 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 chills. So many chills. Oh my God. 10 years later, we all still think fondly of Edna and love that we had that experience with her being a part of our lives, though sometimes it was scary. Some people still think we are crazy, but our select group will always know the truth and that we are forever bonded because of it. Side note. Oh, I love so that. Cute. Side note. I now live in Missouri and the street right next to my house is named dot, 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 Edna coincidence <laughs> thanks for reading my story stay spooky see you on the other side and don't use a ouija board all my love Kristen. she just wanted to be their sister and she was like giving them clothes options and putting them on their doors she was also and a I little kid that. too so it's like going through your mom's clothing or like older sister's clothing like yeah I try this on and it's also so interesting that i think the second the paranormal investigation group came she was angry like why don't you want me here I know. Like, you know, like sibling rival- rivalry yeah, stuff. I know. Like, I'm going like to throw this candle. Like, at first you're like, mom said I could come. And then you go and then your sibling's mad. And then you're like, take me home. Yeah. It's so interesting. I also wonder, well, one thing. I think it's funny that I, I bet you a bunch of people went to the bridge during this time that Edna was actually with them. It was like looking to find Edna. And then they never, no, no one was having haunting experiences at Edna's bridge because Edna was preoccupied edna went to college for a little bit she did most people don't know that children ghosts also attend college but for edna's case she did this is another school that we'll have to spend a night in the dorm room to go hang with edna (laughs) edna is as nice as it is the way that we're talking about edna now so creepy to look into your rearview mirror and see a little crouching terrifying shadow yeah so scary i almost forgot about that part because i didn't want to remember it when I'm about to get in my car to go home. Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, You know what? Here's a perk about being in Boston. As much as I miss driving my car, I'm always surrounded by other people on my commute. I am a public transportation girl. Yeah. So, well, actually, maybe that's scarier. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say stranger danger, though. Stranger danger. And I got the flu twice from people coughing in my face. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. There's pros and cons to both. Pros and cons, yep. But there's only pros to sending us your ghost stories. So yeah. email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Do it. And then you can also like <laughs> do, it. do it. You can also hang out with us via social media. You can join our Facebook group. We also have Instagram. We try to answer as many DMs as possible. We also have Twitter. We respond to all your Twitter's tweets. What is it? And like today, someone said that she had a dream of us and our doppelgangers and our doppelgangers were ganging up with her doppelganger and trying to go after her. Scary. We would never know these amazing things if you guys didn't tweet and Instagram and join our Facebook. So do it. Check out our social media. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. You can also support us by buying merchandise and representing and you can also support us on Patreon. And you can also word of mouth and 
you can also come <laughs> see us at our live shows. Which we, did we say the Nashville yet? Which we have Boston May 5th and Nashville on June 16th. Woo! Yes. Woo, woo! We don't have tickets yet for Nashville, but as soon as we get them, we will post yes. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're excited. You should be excited. All the ghosts are excited. They're going to come. I wish ghosts could buy tickets. We'd sell it's out. It's so interesting to like see our listeners. Like I feel like we're meeting famous people. It's like, you're the person who did this mm-hmm. or you did that. Or like, that was your story. Yes. It's so interesting. Yeah. It's, we get to put faces to and names mm-hmm. to all of these people. Yeah, I really want to. I love meeting people. It's cool. It's the it's best. It's cool. Um, we're always starstruck. Also, if you ever want to mail us stuff, we will tell everyone on the podcast what you got. <laughs> this is, please mail us stuff. We love mail. We love mail. But I put our address on our Instagram feed. It's like on the homepage. It's page. also on the website. It's, yeah. Nobody goes to our website, though I spent many, many, many hours that trying is not to figure true. out how to build it. Corinne, I looked at our analytics of our website and we have many visitors per day. Okay, good. Um you can also <laughs> I want people to admire my work. <laughs> you did a beautiful job. I admire you every day. Thanks. Thank you again to Eric Foster at Upfire Digital Media for editing this episode and making us sound good. Yes, he has been editing yeah. full length episodes. And our encounters are still us, so we're sorry that they're not as good. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you, Eric. Thank you. And we will see you. On the other side. side.